Welcome back, everyone. Over the Bridge podcast, season forever. Myself, Tommy Dyer. Happy 2020 to everybody. Um, that you have a prosperous year. Um, you know, I'm joining the building by my brothers. Please introduce yourself with your higher pitched uh, tones. <laughs> dickhead, I'm like, I'm like, what's this shit? shit. <laughs> 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 sorry, brothers. I'm sorry. I just had to, man. I'm sorry. Where's that kid in somewhere? Yo, everyone. It's Patrick, aka P Money. Even though no one calls me P Money, what's good? Yo, what's going on, Claire Q, aka El Choco? Four Mina and it's still Wednesday. I forgot about that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, Mr. Willy Wonka yeah, himself, yeah. man. Yeah, cool. so, yeah man. The chocolate yeah. daddy. I like that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys? You're right. Yeah, good. Yeah. Sweet man. Yeah, just um, yeah, man. I'm just out here in it, like you know. New year, kind new of excited year. about the new year. Excited and a little bit nervous, you know. Few new sort of projects and objectives and all that. But mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna be traveling a lot this year, which is good. I didn't travel at all last year. Can you imagine? It's mad. Not once. I did too much oh, travel last that, year. That. Too much. So too I am fully getting back on that. This year, yeah, um, going to Barbados for my birthday. Have you actually got tickets for that? Bro? No, I'm booking that at the end of this month. Are you actually? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, let's do I've it. been pestering you. Yeah, but for the this. thing is, the thing is, yeah, I told you at the end of January. I did. Yeah, say, yeah, you did say. You did say. You did. You did say. Just for the record, um, didn't you? you did say still. Because basically, my cousins are trying to get their act together as well, and we want to book an Airbnb in Barbados. Is so, it? Um, yeah, but I said. I'm booking at the end of January, whatever you lot are on. Yeah. Regardless if you're able to, like, I'm going, regardless of whether you're coming or not. So, yeah, yeah, I hear that. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Uh, and then going to Spain as well for a wedding. Uh, and I want to do, like, a few more sort of, like, short breaks as well because I really didn't, like, it got to me. Like, at the end of last year, I was exhausted and I was just like, Rah, like, what's what's wrong with me? And I realized yeah, yeah. I haven't been away. I haven't left yeah. this flipping Babylon in over 12 months. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, not, I mean, obviously outside of getting married. So I'm getting married in March. So that's kind of exhausted but, a lot but, of my, <laughs> uh, a lot of my energy mm. slash resources. So um, that's similarly, I haven't been able to travel last year. Mm. But um, yeah, outside of that, actually one of the, the big things I want to do is um, learn my language. Your language. Oh, it's a G. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Wanna, yeah, yeah. How are you going to learn it, bro? Because it's been on my mind for a long time. Yeah. Do you lot speak the same? Same Because I know there's like variants of tree as well, right? Or, yeah. or like Ekrapim and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah, lot yeah. speak the same uh, but tree? I speak yeah. Shanti tree. Shanti, yeah. yeah, yeah Shanti yeah. tree, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, what I really want to do is like really put in time. So um, as far as how I'm going to approach it, what I want to do is just kind of just smash vocab. Like just do, if I can learn like five to eight words a day, um, just over time you Just got, be consistent with You it, got yeah. books for that and stuff Yeah So there's some books I have like a I can cheat to English dictionary Yeah part of me Sound, some, sound like this oh. bro. Yeah yeah, yeah man. It's like there's an app as well Is it? Enchiatri um, By Oh Enchiatri uh, Learning systems yeah. On Apple they Oh I like it like man What? On Android uh, No but can you not Nah, it's nah. Like it's I have an iPad in it, that's why I can do it. But ah, cause you're sim. But nah, is 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 sick, man. You should, you can should I just say though, as someone that like I'm, um, I did languages, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would advise 
not just learning vocab, uh-huh. you're learning a language. Yeah, yeah. Because basically, you're just going to know how to say random things like screwdriver and cat <laughs> and mm-hmm. washing machine, mm-hmm. but not be able to use it in any kind of context. So I would say start to learn phrases, phrases. rather okay. than just random words. Got you. The phrases that you will use in your day to day. So like if you want to say, for example, to your mum, oh, what do you want for dinner? Uh, and then you can learn bits of vocab around that whole yeah. concept of mm. eating or yeah. having dinner. Or, um, I don't know, like, what's another example? Going to work. Oh, mm-hmm. how do I get to work? I get on the train or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then learning vocab that's sort of um, conceptual rather than just like random, random words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. do it I that mean, way. Yeah, so the app that I'm using actually does that. So it's, all the vocab is grouped within particular nice. topics mm-hmm. and there's dialogues as well that you can... Yeah, yeah. Use. So no, it's, that's mm-hmm. good advice. I'm definitely nice, going to implement. So cool, that's, that's my main objective outside of like getting all the marriage stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got any big goals this year, Tom? Not really, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of traveling last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you did. A, a lot, a lot. <laughs> and I don't... I loved, I loved, I loved doing it, but... Especially on the work side, it was just, it was not getting too much, I don't think, but I think to the point where more for the work side, where when you start off traveling for work, it's really fun. There's a novelty to it. <laughs> and then the novelty <laughs> wears out. And I'm, I was obviously very happy to travel to other places and see clients. That was great. But the actual traveling part mm-hmm. kind of was getting me down a little bit, actually. Not down, but it was just like, oh, okay, we mm-hmm. got to do it. And sometimes it was like, what's that thing called when you, Coming straight from New York to work, a red eye. The red eye. Yeah. I've done that a couple of times. Um, and the first time you do it, your, your body's great, but you keep doing it. Like, it just, it just mashes you so up. So you man. take a night flight. Yeah. You might sleep, you might not on that night flight and then just yeah. go straight into work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've done Lovely. that before. So you get, I mean, I've left JFK at 7.30, got into Heathrow for about 7.30 a.m. Mm. And the craziest thing is when you look at the board, if you go, if you go, is it Terminal 8? At JFK, which is like the BA in American, there are about ten to twelve flights all heading home to Heathrow at the same time. At the same time on these big, you know, seven eight sevens. I don't know if they do any A three eighties out of JFK, but huge. So you get thousands of people going at the same time, basically doing the same thing. Mm. Um, you know, and and yeah, but so kind of I don't know. Just just I don't really know. Just have a in, enjoy myself um, this year, I guess. Um, I haven't really given myself any goals. Maybe just. You know, I wanna, I wanna be a little bit more. Not, oh yeah, I wanna be a little bit more fit. I, I, apart from moving around, I was quite sedentary when I was working a lot. So, mm. um, trying to be, you know, watch the diet and stuff like that. But mm. nothing, nothing significant as such. You know, just, just have a nice year and mm. you know maybe small, small holiday. Yeah, Barbados by the grace of God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just a chilled out one, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, for me, it's like not sort of big changes, but just like. Refining adjustments mm. Just kind mm. of like mm. Getting on the right path Do you yeah. know what I mean Just steadying the ship I guess Yeah um, But yeah Anyway This episode We kind of want to just Talk about like The beginning of this year And like The rest of this decade And What did we say? Um, just a general Current state of affairs state Yeah of that's affairs. what it was the State of affairs mm-hmm. of 2020 Where we're at I guess As a society In this country Politically, um, I mean, yesterday we just found out that, um, yeah, that we're probably on the course towards some sort of major conflict after uh, the US assassinated a major 
figure in Iran and all these different things. We had the general elections in um, in December as well. Mm. So we've got another four years of a conservative government. Did did the result, when you saw the poll, I don't yeah. know if anyone saw the poll at 10 p.m., did, did, when you saw the result of the poll, did yeah. it shock you? It did. Not so much that the conservatives were going to win, win, but, but the, the manner in which they won. The magnitude. That like, took me out. Yeah, because every single previous election that we've had in like the last like five years or yeah. like voting this in like the referendum or whatever yeah. um, it's always gone against what the grain is on Twitter so I was expecting the Conservatives to win yeah. this time around but like not in this manner like it, it really showed me yeah. it really showed well but you know what I can't put it down to one thing as to you know how the Conservatives won in such a landslide I think there's a, like multiple different factors but Gen- in general terms, it showed me that this country is sort of willing to kind of spite itself so that... Do you know what it is, though? So, yeah, so that, I guess, people of colour and ethnic minorities will also have to suffer. Do you know what it is? I think, you see with the election, right? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I've, I've always I've always stayed up to watch the election. I've always done it. Yeah. Um, so I stay up. and But this time I went to bed around... It's stupid because you stay up and there are no votes that are counted in. You really should get up around two, three to, and then you yeah. begin to see the numbers really come in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I stayed up this time and I stayed up to the point where Boris, um, did, he did a speech in the morning and he said something very interesting. He said, I recognise that some of you have lent me this conservative vote and will probably be the only time you do it um, because of the fact that Labour, Labour seats got completely turned over right because mm-hmm. um, we know London is red we know like Man- you know Manchester Birmingham like the inner city areas they're generally speaking they're red mm-hmm. home counties blue Scotland large, by and large yellow now yeah but kind of parts of the northeast a lot of that is um, and even parts of Wales that's still Labour stronghold they w- traditional they were. T- yeah, yeah traditional Labour stronghold which got turned over I think the thing that was different about this election was um, obviously Brexit I think so you the, I think the the argument was that you had a lot of people up in up in the north east and kind of like mm-hmm. traditional Labour heartland who they wanted Brexit to happen, but Jeremy Corbyn, even though he wanted, he was personally a fan of Brexit. Mm-hmm. The Labour Party weren't a fan yeah. of Brexit, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. And it's very interesting though because I remember in the lead up to the ele- election, a lot of people were saying we're focusing too much on Brexit what the party should be doing is talking about other stuff. I think this is the Brexit and, election though. No? But that's the thing. It's yeah. like everyone was almost like giving this country too much credit and thinking that they were going to want to hear about other things aside from Brexit. I don't think it Because a, yeah. a lot of political commentators were saying, yeah, but you know, a lot of these parties are neglecting actually like the rest of what their, 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 their policies are right, by um, just yeah. focusing on Brexit. But right, in the end, that's... Yeah. That's arguably what a lot this of is, the vote, the voting direction came. This down is to. what the election was about, right? This one in particular, because there's still, there was still a cliff edge as to whether Brexit was going to happen or not, depending on who got voted in or the style of which it would 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 happen, right? Mm. So, the idea was, if you gave, if if Labour were to win the election, right, there would be that the, the uncertainty would continue. There'd still be a fight as to whether you have Brexit. There'd still be a fight as to whether you go for a second referendum. Whereas mm-hmm. when Boris became prime minister, so remember Theresa May didn't want Brexit mm-hmm. openly, which is why I think she tried to negotiate in such a 
in a rather slow way with the guys up in Brussels because she evidently didn't want it, but she was appointed by her party to do a job she didn't want to do. Yep. Okay, that's fair. Boris Johnson wanted it. Mm-hmm. He wanted Brexit, clear advocate of it. You know, the, the red buses and stuff about the, you know, 350 million for, for the NHS Savings, a week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, even though lies were thrown on, on, on both sides, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, so, and he made it very clear, Brexit's going to get done whether you like it or not, Michelle Barnier or you, all you other people, it's going to happen. I'm going to put it into passing. And now he's got what he wanted. He's got a, a, a majority um, to the point where he doesn't have to make kind of weird negotiations with certain backbenchers. He generally has the, you know, he can do what he wants. And mm-hmm. Brexit will probably now happen, I think, mm-hmm. uh, under his wings. That's what, that's what this thing was about. And I also think as well... Um, a lot of people have a problem with Jeremy Corbyn for a variety of reasons. So one, him being a bit old, him not really being a politician. He, he's like a politician's politicians in the way you get like a rapper's rapper. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, you see, you yeah, see, no, I no, but you, know, you know, you get rapper's rappers. Yeah, that, like he's too, like, yeah, almost, like yeah, he's too idealistic. about politics. Yeah, yeah, he, you know, this guy's been, this guy's been, he's been, he's, his message really hasn't changed since when he first started. Yeah, which almost makes him a bad frontline politician. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of the irony of it, yeah. right? And so he's got this, obviously there were accusations about anti-Semitism and whatnot and stuff like that. So all of it just became this weird concoction. And mm-hmm. and so what you often had and a lot of Labour MPs who'd lost their seats and are long, no longer MPs, they said that, um, constituents have said to them, we like you as an MP, I just don't like your leader. And if you had a change of leader... Mm. Then you would you would have this, and then you know it's it's. I don't really want to get into politics and too much, but that's kind of it is a big part of you know it was a big part of the end of mm. it's been a big part for three years. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it's been it's been it's dominated the you know the headlines, and you know it's mm. that's it really. Do you What's know what the, I mean? The, the, the one thing though about um so, sort of the the bad press about Jeremy Corbyn, whatever you you know wish, whatever you believe about Jeremy Corbyn's personal position on anti-Semitism and whatever. One thing that really stood out to me in this election was the way that anti-Semitism was treated as a kind of special version of racism, mm. uh, which cannot yeah. be tolerated. Yeah, yeah. But mm. other forms of racism, it's which are very open and very blatant, yeah, yeah, yeah. were tolerable and even at times yeah, yeah, yeah. preferable. Um, so, yeah, this is why I was sort of going back to this thing of, like, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, it doesn't really come down to race whatever else but I feel like the last three big voting events that we've had in this country i.e. the um, previous general election and the uh, referendum for me largely it has come down to race it's come down to racial dynamics and what this country um, sort of understands Britishness to be uh, and who gets a who as I say gets to be part of that Britishness and who doesn't someone made a point and said that there are various ways that you can think about the Brexit vote, right? Mm-hmm. Some people can make an economic argument if you and Ken Clark, you know, I, I, I I'm not, I, I, I hardly, I've, I've never voted blue anyway, but I, I like Ken Clark as a decent politician, if that makes any sense, because he's often he's happy to go against the party line often, and he was a strong Europhile because he understood how things worked. Mm-hmm. And he made a speech and said, "Listen, um, you lot couldn't even tell me about the difference between a customs union and other types of arrangements and mm. yet you're getting the electorate to go and vote for this yet you lord lords can't even tell me the difference yeah um, but there was that kind of argument you can make if you were really techie and you understood whatever then fine make that argument mm. but I think a lot of it 
was framed um, to be, do you want a, a, a more homogenous society mm. or do you kind of like or not like the heterogeneous, you know, the heterogeneous society that we have now? I yeah, think it, and it was kind of based on that sometimes, it was, you know. For me, it was very much largely f- on that, framed so. um, with uh, this idea that foreignness is inherently bad and is inherently, um, it inherently inhibits the progress of the United Kingdom and damages society. Um, and obviously, um, that sort of encompasses not just um, racism, but xenophobia as well. Mm. Mm. Because people will turn around and say, well, yeah, but like, it can't be racist because, you know, these people, um, Brits, not only are they against people that are brown and black or whatever, but they're against people that are also white, but from the EU. Mm. But mm. that is kind of how white supremacy works. It's not this one kind of thing. It can It can shrink. It can shrink or it can expand to mm. include other identities that can sometimes be considered as white. Like yeah, the whole there, discussion. There's loads of examples of that, to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like is, how, there's like the, yeah. the thing of how the Irish became white in America, yeah. Italian-Americans as well. But um, the crux of it was who gets to be British. Um, even, you know, like us guys here, we, we're born and bred here. But for a lot of people, we would not be seen as the same kind of British as, as they are. Do you see what I mean? What was and it? Was it um, just to, to follow on from that? What was when there was discussion about Idris Elba, uh, the notion RB of him Bond. becoming Bond? Yeah. Uh, who was it? Was it, was, it um, Roger Moore? No, I think it was Sean Connery. Sean, I think it was no. Was no, it one of the? For some reason I'm thinking Michael Caine, but I don't. No, think it was it was, I think it was one of the actual Bonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either Sean Connery. Or Roger Moore That basically said He's not English English Yeah As yeah. to why he wouldn't mm-hmm. be A Bond mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. So it's kind of You know like mm-hmm. You know And we've discussed this all, You know all the time So you know Look at someone like Anthony Joshua um, You know uh, You know Proud You know Lion of of, of Britain. Britain And whatever But oh When it goes wrong Nigerian boy Whatever Or Raheem Sterling For example You know yeah. all The treatment that he's got You know Um so yeah, we've we've all we've kind of seen the the, the double standard that you mm. you get sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's like okay, yeah. But yeah, just bring it quickly. I mean, I'm not gonna go too much more into this, but um, I remember on Sky News when I think it was just after um, Labour's catastrophic defeat, um, they were talking about it on Sky News, and I can't remember who the um, anchor was speaking to. Um, it was someone in the Labour Party, mm. um, and. Uh, she was talking about Boris Johnson and saying, yeah, you know, he's openly racist, homophobic, mm. xenophobic, whatever. Mm. And the Sky News anchor was like, yeah, but he's not an anti though. Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. like, okay, so that's what it is then, isn't it? Like, that that's literally what it's come down to. So anti-Semitism is obviously, you know, as it should be, is completely intolerable. But the other kinds of discrimination, that's, oh, that's okay, fine. it's yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh. But yeah, anyway, um, Timmy, we move. Obviously, I'm, I'm conscious that you've been kind of chilling and watching the conversation. Do you have any like strong feelings towards like Brexit or the, the general election? And- we've got Mr. Money Jar in the building. Yeah, he's, he's still with ca- us. We've been camped out here for so, a week. I'll be honest, <laughs> I, I don't read the news at all. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. My first job out of uni was um, at a PR company. Yep. And we would literally 
do research projects. Well, we'd brainstorm in a room what we wanted to be in the news. Mm. Then we would do a research project around it. And then we would sell it into papers. And then we'd watch it be printed in the news. And we'd even have our friends and family read that story back to us. So if I want to kind of educate myself or form a perspective on something, mm-hmm. I'll do my own kind of independent thinking or reading around it or speak with other people. That's fair yeah, enough. I was actually going to ask ah, a question about well, that because with, yeah. with like, as we can, what's evident is that a lot of people's views are dictated by the media that they consume. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had all these examples with Cambridge Analytica and how they're able to influences, influence people's um, political views based on targeted uh, marketing. Yeah. Um, so now whatever you, you like come across, you can never be sure that it is first is true. Um, and secondly, um, whether or not you'd hold those views if you weren't com- like completely bombarded with these disinformation all the time. And I'm similarly, I I don't really watch the news either. I don't really read the news. Um, I tend to get a lot of my knowledge from, and this is probably worse, for, from social media. From but I was like, going to say, like, isn't that like, isn't that a really bad echo chamber? 100%. But like, it's, so like, it's obviously sources that are posted on it and then opinions, well, expert in, because uh, inverted comments, like opinions. Um, and, yeah, naturally, as the algorithms work and my followers, who, who I tend to follow, is going to give somewhat of it's a... certain leaning, um, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to know is that how, how do you get information mm. that you can kind of look at critically and be able to form views on it that... I mean, you're always going to have a natural bias, but like mm. as... Blacking and bias as possible. Do you know what I, I was going to say? Do you know what I, th- I think? So I used to do this as a kid. Um, I used to read when I was a lot younger. I mean, I do this. I don't have time to do it now, but I used to read The Guardian, The Telegraph. When he was a kid, you know. And The Times. <laughs> right? And you see what the three stories tell you. Because uh-huh. you, you'll, get, you'll get three completely different stories, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, there'll be a common thread running through the three stories. But you'll know this is leaning this way, this is leaning that way, this is leaning this way. And you just, it's like thesis plus, it's a history equation that people say thesis plus antithesis yep. gives you synthesis. Mm-hmm. So you synthesize your information. That's what mm-hmm. I, I try and do, do you know what I mean? Um, and it's like, it's just, it, the BBC have often had this discussion because everyone will tell you the BBC is biased. Everyone. Nobody thinks the BBC isn't biased, even though the BBC is the taxpayer and it's Arguably, probably the one of the least biased kind of. Do you still networks. think that? What that the BBC is biased? That that it's the least biased. No, I, th- I think they try to be the least biased. I think they try. I don't. I, and the thing is, because and here's the thing, because they've got um, personal, they've got presenters who have personal opinions who right. also went to vote themselves. Right. It's going to come out. They're going to all have their kind of different. But did it, do, you, do, do you feel that those people that represent the BBC but have their own personal political opinions are pulled up when they are quite clearly extolling their own views? Because, for example... I think I, they probably are behind closed doors, but it's just not publicised enough. Mm-hmm. I think all the... You'd be surprised at all the complaints that goes up at Ofcom and stuff. Do you know what I mean? But when, when the BBC... Because one thing I find really interesting is when the BBC reports on itself. Oh, yeah. Um, and they do do that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but... Like, let's say, for example, um, the 
chief political editor of the BBC, um, Laura... Laura Koonsberg. Koonsberg, yeah. Like, for me, her coverage of the general election was, like, genuinely astounding. Like, yeah. I was like, this woman does like not Tory, have a job yeah. after yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the way that... I don't Again, I don't want to talk about this too much, but the way that she would focus on certain stories and other stories, she would just pay dust. And it's like, mm. it's quite mm. clear what your political leanings are. Yeah. So I, I get what you're saying, like yeah. the BBC, that their intention is to be impartial, but how, do they really enforce that? You know, like I, I, I'd I, say I, not. I think it's a difficult balancing. In fact, what's his name? Um, Hugh Edwards, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the anchor, right? He mm-hmm. wrote a really good article on LinkedIn about his, um, the, the election day, because he was the anchor. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that um, he's never seen, I think he said something along these lines that he hadn't seen a, a, an election as polarizing as this because it for once was really just based on one thing as we said earlier on. Mm-hmm. And he said, we understand at the BBC that we're not perfect, but he's like, you know, we get accused from- Both sides. Both sides. And I think that I see Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah, I it, and I also think it's the lens where where we all come from as well because if you're thinking a certain kind of way and you hear something that is- Completely against you, you're gonna be like, nah, this is a lie. But mm. it might, if if you're hearing something that agrees with you, you're gonna be like, ah, it's fine, carry on. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's our personal bias in there, but there's always gonna be bias in the news. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's almost, you know, mm. it, I, I, think I think that's think a difficult there's, there's, bit, there's, a, there's a question of like, well, from what I've noticed more recently with the BBC is that, and this the scary part of it is there seems to have been more overt manipulation. So that this is might be, this might be like a small example, but basically, the way in which they've tried to paint Boris Johnson as mm-hmm. the the clearly best, the clear best choice for for um, Britain as um, prime minister, and one small example of that was, and this was like all over social media, but naturally wasn't you know explored too much in the mainstream media. But um, there's a scene where um, for November 11th, where oh yeah, uh, Armistice <laughs> Day, exactly, yeah, where Boris Johnson is placing the the reads of the poppies on um on the senator yeah, yeah yeah and um they actually cut out a section of it from this year where he actually fumbled the yeah put it on upside down exactly and then he they used footage from from a three years ago exactly exactly uh-huh. just to show that okay obviously he's not this fumbling buffoon essentially um, and to show him in, 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 a, in a kind of stronger light. Do you, do you remember a few years back as well? well the, Jeremy the, Corbyn was wearing bowed, a coat and the bowed head as well. What's that, Jeremy well, Corbyn? There was a there was a time when people complained about the way the way he bowed his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, it was a sound of tough, and it wasn't bowed enough and stuff. Mm. Like that. This is what I'm saying. Like when Jeremy Corbyn wore the wrong sort of coat, or he didn't bow, like mm-hmm. that was See, like that was really but magnified. Is, but you know what? <laughs> this thing is though. Like I mean, I I didn't I didn't even I didn't even see that, and I try not to watch too much TV anyway. I tried to read. Um, press more than I do watch TV because I want to put it in my brain and think and stuff. And there's even certain publications that I like, but I don't like to read so much because they tell you their opinion. Yeah, mm-hmm. and pass it uh, off. And pass as... it on to you. Yeah, that's yeah. Facts. And yeah, that's why I think the, the important thing is to go to the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, so like if you, if you read an article and they're quoting some data or, or, or a person, see if you can find the report or the study that that came from or yeah. see if you can read the book. Yeah. But yeah. I think also an important component is like you can't care about everything all the time. Mm. I think it's okay to not have a view on something Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. the majority of things Mm -hmm. and to have two or three issues that you really, really care about Mm -hmm. and know a lot of stuff about. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. true. That's Mm -hmm. true. I think what, what, what makes me reluctant to adopt that fully is the fact that these are all things that impact your life. 
in, in, in some way or the other. And I completely agree, it's mm. difficult to have a, I think a deep just, understanding of all of these different topics. Um, but at what what's at what cost do yeah, you do just, you like remain ignorant? Also, the nature, stuff? I was just going to say something yeah. about um, Boris Johnson. The, the irony, if if because I haven't seen that clip, right? But the irony is that doesn't he want to get rid of? Um, doesn't he want to like like completely shut down the BBC or do no, something to, to? It was what Channel was, Four. He wanted to audit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he wanted to, it was the BBC, BBC. he wanted no, to audit. Nah, it was Channel BBC 4. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> it was Channel 4 he wanted to audit. And for me, Channel 4, for their faults, they... The one thing that I, I look at when I'm sort of digesting news is what is the status quo? Why do the status quo have an issue with whatever element is in the news? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And what would be the result of that element uh, I don't know, gaining some sort of uh, power or hegemony or whatever. Because if everybody, or let's say like all of mainstream media has uh, an issue with uh, Jeremy Corbyn or whatever, um, and I'm just looking at what he's done and what he's said and what his position has been on and what his position has been for many years, I'm like, this is, this is a man, even though you, let's say you don't agree with his politics, this man has been consistent for many years. Um, why is it that this man is sort of painted as somebody that is untrustworthy? Because if it's Jeremy Corbyn, he's not changed his position for 35, like he's been the same person. So it's not like, you know, he's difficult to work out or you can't trust him or whatever. Mm. And then on the other side, you have someone like Boris Johnson who, who, who has been kind of, he will change his position or uh, change his tact depending on, you know, what suits him best. Yeah. So when you have a situation like that um, and you have all these people yeah. saying, you know, this man is a bad man, this man but is a bad was, man. I was going to, but you know, I'm, I'm, I see where you're coming from and I, I agree with you. I just want to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Do you not think that a lot of people think that to be a good politician, you need to be flexible and that's part of pragmatism? Yeah. And so, so what that means is someone like a Jeremy Corbyn isn't, Pragmatic in that respect I hear that Whereas hear Boris that. Johnson is I hear that I think Do you see what, where I'm coming from? Yeah no yeah. 100% I think one of Jeremy Corbyn's um, Pitfalls was the fact That he was too principled Which is It sounds so cynical He's inspired as an MP Inspired as a politician To be that way right? Mm. But the thing is Why have we got to a point In our society Where that is the case? This is what I mean We work on four year election cycles But this is what I mean Do you know what I mean? But, yeah yeah Why have we got Why have we got to this stage? But this stage? is what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. How Like Democracy in four-year cycles, especially when it's just people's careers, we have this idealized vision of what democracy is. I is you know it is the the wants of the people. But how can it be when well, these mean, people even, only have four years to work with what they have? And and furthermore, even with the first past the post system, you don't Bro, actually get what you want. Do you know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. So you could. It's like what happened with uh, um, Clinton and, and and Trump. Clinton got the the majority vote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trump got a minority vote in terms of the numbers, the numbers all in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if the way it was tallied up, so to speak, mm. he was able to become president. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's just the the the, the state of affairs. But I do. I would probably say I, I felt like Jeremy Corbyn was probably. I don't think he did himself. I don't think he did himself much favors with a large amount of the 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 electorate, so to speak. I think he he just placed too much faith 
in the goodwill of the people of this country when they're, they're that is a wasted that's a waste of energy. And also the thing is as well, right? When I think about this country and you think about the politics of this country, generally speaking, this country is quite conservative, mm-hmm. small C and big C. You know what I mean in mm-hmm. terms of you know attitude towards various things and as in their politics as well. So, because when you think about Blair winning and getting landslides, right, it mm. wasn't done on an old Labour. No, it wasn't method. really a method. traditional Labour victory. It was, you know, as he called it, a new Labour, which is basically just combining Tory ideals with some kind of, some socioeconomic principles from yep. the left. Now, don't get me wrong, things like Sure Start, EMA, um, more money into education, all of that stuff is wonderful and great and probably more based on the left than on, than on the right. Well, we know what happened with the austerity cuts in mm-hmm. 2010 with the yep. Tories. But a lot of it, you know, kind of light touch regulation in the city, things like that. Yes. He was Blair was trying to, and, and Brown as well, for that matter, as well. They were trying to appease to kind of different um, different people, so to speak, different parts of society. Mm. Um, whereas what I've, what I've, well, what I saw with uh, Cameron in particular, May probably wasn't there long enough. And what you see now with Boris Johnson is. They understand who their electorate is very well. Mm. They understand who they need to appeal to. And it's almost like they don't care about anybody else. Mm. Why would they? They're just going to assure their votes. And and the other thing about this country is that it's not the kind of society where revolution or dramatic change happens unless something significant happens, like a second world war. And you have to start again from scratch. This country doesn't like major shifts. It doesn't like big changes. Um, So, yeah, why, why would this country suddenly decide that, you know, socialism or a, a, a shift to the left is the best way forward. Mm. I, I mean, to be honest, if you'd have asked me a few weeks ago, I'd say this time more than ever, this is the time when that kind of change would need to happen because the last 10 years in this country, it's not, it, things for me, mm. not mm. personally, but from my point of view, have gone from bad to worse. Like things that are quite easy, easily pointed out. Um, for example, homelessness, like, you can't get away from the fact, like, I don't remember it being this way 10 years ago. Mm. And I remember, like, this is not just me being, like, wearing rose-tinted spectacles. I remember coming back from Brazil after a few years away and coming back and realizing, rah, there's so much more homeless. Like, yeah. it wasn't like this yeah. before. There wasn't yeah. a homeless person outside every single tube station in London. Facts. And now it's like, it's a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, that's just one small example. But, like, even, like, um, tragic things that have, yeah, child poverty, um, but like food major banks. events as well. Increase in, um, yeah, usage of food banks. Um, yeah, it's not been a good 10 years um, for for our society. I don't think, I feel like we've taken a lot of steps backwards. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. This country, I thought those 10 years would be enough for us to want change as a, as a collective. But, but I, also, I, 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 just, I think, as you said earlier, I think we've also got to remember what this election was about first and foremost mm-hmm. and generally there's always a theme that people have a tendency to pick on mm-hmm. and obviously brexit was an important theme mm-hmm. and i i i honest i i think there there was a there were enough voters in the electorate mm-hmm. who whether they voted remain mm-hmm. or leave it was almost besides the point it was like listen a vote has been cast mm-hmm. let's just get it done now just get it over and done with mm-hmm. and the point being was that there was only there was only because they, they actually spoke to and I'm not his greatest fan either but I like the way he put it this was Piers Morgan and he, they asked him about this and he said listen he said I voted all sorts I voted Labour I voted Conservative in my time whatever and he's not you know I, I don't know if I can can, can accept him to be um, 
voter like that or kind of like, or him not being idealistic. But anyway, let's assume that he is and he just votes pragmatically, right? According to the needs of the day. And he said, listen, I think I can speak for a lot of people. This is him saying, look, he was the only leader that was basically assured to go and get this thing done. And he said, at this stage, enough, and so many people in the country are just fed up. They just want this thing over and done with before they think about anything else. Because mm. a lot of things have come to a standstill. Mm. And it's like, okay, that's an understandable logic. And when you put it that way, you're like, okay, there was only one party leader that was going to get that thing done. Now, mm. I didn't vote conservative. And I'm, I'm a little bit more, I'm, I'm young, so I'm still a relatively idealistic voter. And I think from the background I've come from, I just, I, not in a position I can put myself to go and vote conservative anyway. Yeah. When I try and put myself in the perspective of people that are maybe a little bit older and a little bit more pragmatic, you can almost understand that angle that says, do you know what? This is the Brexit election. I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing this argument, you know, um, just get this thing over and done with. Because I think the, the argument I've heard people make before is if it was 52-42 remain leave, we would never, this thing, well, it, one, it wouldn't happen, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear the levers. The levers would just be like, all right, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I don't think, I think the levers would be like, okay, we marginally lost, mm. fine. But the other way around, you can see why it's so contentious because like, actually, this is actually proper neck and neck. Mm. It's not a binding referendum, so it doesn't have to be passed through by law, even though legislation is now passed, but the, the, yeah, it didn't the referendum didn't have to come through. So I think a lot of people were just fed up. So regardless of the kind of socio, kind of economic climate, Mm. I think this was such a unique election that it basically boiled down basically to, which is sad, mm. which is sad. But, but the, the thing know. is, I, I hear what you're saying in that, you know, the, the election did largely come down to who can get Brexit done and whatever. But if we look at what the crux of Brexit was, i.e., you know, taking back um, the UK's autonomy mm. uh, within the EU um, and this sort of notion of, you know, the, the UK has lost, lost its um, independence, lost its autonomy. We, we're trying to get something back. We're yeah, trying yeah. to get the UK back to this thing that I'm not sure it ever was, but it's there somewhere in someone in the collective memory. Um, mm, but mm. this is not an isolated um, rhetoric. This no, idea of getting... No, I don't think um, it is. This has been something that has been happening across um, Western political thought for, for a while now. This oh, yeah. idea of... Which is essentially for me. This is where you've um, seen populism ethno- take over. What is yeah, but there's populism, but then there's ethno nationalist populism, mm. which is hap- been happening um, in the United States. Um, it happened in Brazil as well, um, and it's it's happening here. This idea that we need to get so in each of these um, three major political events, the rhetoric has been we need to get the country back um, to it being great in various different guises. So in the United States, it's like make America great again. Uh, we want to get, we want Brexit, uh, we want Britain back. We want it to be independent again. And even in Brazil, it was about making Brazil a great nation again. But this, what you mean by Bolsonaro and Bolsonaro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is why, like, I can't really just sit back and say, oh yeah, the election has just come down to Brexit. Yeah, okay. On the face, on the surface level, yeah, of course it has. But we need to go back deeper. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, no. I, I think I, I think we're singing from the same hymn sheet here because okay. I'm not saying it's not Brexit. I'm, but so I am. I am saying it is Brexit. But mm. I come to your point and agree with you by saying what is Brexit fundamentally about, okay. which is what I said earlier, which yeah, is yeah. it's about do you want a heterogeneous society or do you want a homogenous one? Right, right, right. And right. this gave people a mouthpiece to decide. Because let's be honest, right? If mm. you ask people. Can you explain, you know, the Council of Ministers? Can you explain the European Court of Justice? Can you just... A lot of people can't, mm. right? 
the European, you know, if you say what happens in Brussels, what happens in Strasbourg, what happens in... People can't tell you, mm. right? They don't understand the European Union before they can even say, I don't want a part of it. Mm. So you can't actually make an educated decision mm. on something you don't understand. Mm. Do you know do, what I mean? You know, so I, I was listening to... I'm listening to 1984 again on Audible, mm. the, the, the book by George Orwell. And if you're not reading anything at the moment, I just say, go, go, go back and read that because it's really, really interesting. A lot of the things that have come up in that, um, like uh, ways of thinking are very applicable to now. And I know people have like, said this a lot, or whatever, but one thing that really stood out to me um, in uh, the chapter where it's describing how the politics works in, in, um, in 1984 and under Big Brother, it said that the most active people, the most politically active people, mm. um, didn't actually understand the politics that they were active in. Mm. They didn't really understand the ins and outs of the party because it's all about um, this yeah, yeah. big party that controls everything. But they had the strongest opinions politically and they, they were the most active. And for me, that's what the last few elections, especially the referendum and, and um, yeah, especially the referendum, that's what it's come down to. A lot of people that aren't actually that politically informed and politically aware, but they know what it is that they want to vote for without even realizing or understanding why they want to vote that way. Yeah, so that it's almost like they've 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 picked the way it got framed was you can basically, if you want society to be a certain way, this is the way you go and make your vote. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I think there was a certain point in time that had nothing to do with economics or anything mm-hmm, more. Because mm-hmm. you've seen reports from like the um, OBR, Office of Budget Responsibility, and I should caveat, yes, they are in the Treasury, but they're separately carved out and they're kind of independent. Mm. So then they were saying Brexit wouldn't be a, a good thing and whatnot. Mm-hmm, so the, mm-hmm. the economics, was, it was already there, but people mm-hmm. were like, nah, I've made my decision already. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I, I think largely there was kind of a, there were some dark undertones with Brexit and and, and that's followed on to the election. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, interesting times ahead. We can only sit back and, and watch. I feel like I'm I, I want to be a bit more politically active though in the coming years. But um yeah. I think we'll have to leave it there, guys. There's still so much to talk about. But, yeah, yeah, there's a lot to unpack. To man. But um yeah. yeah, once again everyone, thank you for tuning in. Um if you want to find us on social media, it's at OTB Podcast UK on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email, otbpodcastuk at gmail.com. And yeah, have a great week. Thank you once again. Over and out.